This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. To react to what happened between the Heat and the Knicks down in South South Beach. Oh, man, there there is so much to get into as it pertains to that. We've got three hours to do the show. We can spend 30 on just that game alone and what it means, but uh, we'll do our best job to break it down. We'll get into that. Yankees right now at the stadium. Uh, Nasty Nestor just didn't have it today. Six runs he surrendered, uh, including a five spot. Uh, that was in the fifth inning, but the Yankees put four on the board courtesy of Kyle Higashioka, an unlikely offensive source, and then Aaron Judge hit a, a two-run shot as well. Anthony Volpe just scored on a wild pitch, so that deficit that once was six runs is now just one run in the Bronx. This has been a fun series so far between the Yankees and the Rays, who have split the first two games, so we'll keep you posted on what's going on there. The Mets in action this afternoon after that come-from-behind win last night over the Nationals. They'll play the second of this set, Joey Lucchese against Trevor Williams. We will keep you posted on that, do some NFL schedule. But you know what we got to do. It it is time for a little Knicks therapy session because we've cleared the lines. We've got no guests today, so I'm just going to talk to you at 800-919-3776. But after what we saw last night, I want to hear from you because me watching it, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I try to see it through the lens of Knicks fans. I try to watch it with that perspective in mind. Me watching that game, I come away thinking that's the type of loss that just haunts you forever. It's one that just you wake up today with a, a, a hangover, even if you didn't drink last night. That migraine that just won't get you out of bed because you just break it all down. We can start with what happened in the fourth quarter. If you exclude the garbage time bucket, the Knicks had three made shots in all of the fourth quarter. Season on the line, final quarter of the, of the year, three made shots. If you exclude that last garbage time bucket by Jalen Brunson, uh, where he get all the way to the rim unresisted. This was the third best offense During the regular season, only the Sixers and Kings were more efficient per 100 possessions. And somehow you had three made shots in the biggest game of the year in the final quarter. You won the rebound battle. The free throw battle you won. It it felt like all the Knicks were doing in that first and third quarters were... They got into the penalty really early. I, I believe it was the, about the nine-minute mark in the first quarter, about the same 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 mark in the third quarter. But you won the free throw battle, won the rebound battle, won the three-point shooting battle, and you led by as many as 14 points. And somehow, some way, you still found a way to lose to the Heat, despite the fact that Jimmy Butler, I mean, I know he's finished with, what, 25 points, really didn't have it last night. Now, he made some noise in the fourth quarter, had a three-point play, hit a couple of jump shots. But Jimmy just, he just in game five, didn't look like he had it. In game six, we saw him limping a a little bit. That is an infuriating loss. Infuriating. By the way, uh, Aaron Judge just hit his second home run of the game for the Yankees. So they go from trailing 6-0 to now up 7-6. That's his second home run of the game. More on that later. Knicks. I mean, the cruel irony that was the biggest play of the game was the Brunson turnover. Such a cruel irony. 
Josh Hart is wide open at the three-point line, and, and Brunson saw him, looked away, saw saw Josh Hart, <laughs> decided biggest shot of the season can't be in Josh Hart's hands. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to go to the basket, try to make something happen. Julius Randle was cutting. He he for, he forces it into the lane, and Miami uh, gets the steal. But that's so cruel. And it's something you can't really kill Brunson for because the only reason why you were in that game was because of him. Because of his sheer brilliance in Game 5, which was a masterpiece. That Game 5 performance, I was there for at the Garden. Where Brunson played all uh, the entirety of the game. Gave you 48 minutes of just brilliance. And... That was, you know, the reason why the Knicks were able to extend this series 38-8-7 from a guy who I, I was calling their second-best player all year it is their best player. And then last night, what he did, scoring 41 points. And all he needed was for, for someone else to just step up a little bit. Not asking for much, but can someone else just, just give me something? Because they were Jalen Brunson or bust last night. He sat, immediate 8-0 run. There's your ball game. You just kept waiting for the second star or the third star or role player to just make a shot. And it just didn't happen. So I feel bad for him. And here was Jalen Brunson last night when he reflected on the loss. Give them a lot of credit. Yeah, they, they didn't, yeah, I just gotta give them a lot of credit. They didn't play like an eight seed at all. They're, they're, they're unbelievable. So the utmost respect for them in that organization. I like the way we fought this past not a couple games. Down two with the, with the ball, I gotta give us a chance to even get a shot attempt. And um, the turnover is just unacceptable. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I'm sorry, I can't even kill him. His last three games, Season on the line, 44 minutes, 48 minutes, 45 minutes. He did all he could. But the sad part was you watched the Knicks in that fourth quarter. There was no one who wanted any part of touching the basketball, not named Jalen Brunson. It was like hot potato. As soon as he gave the ball to someone, they were giving it right back to him. No one's looking at the basket, looking to attack. There, there was that sense of fear no, this moment is not for me. Jalen Brunson is a dog. He's a killer. I've got nothing but love and respect for him after last night. And it's unfortunate. Again, it's so cruel that the biggest ga- the, the biggest play essentially of the season comes down to him with the ball in his hands down two, and he, he tries to force it, and he turns the ball over. He got double teamed, and in that situation— you much would rather him have just shot it over the double team and you live with the results because he was just such a flamethrower last night. But again, I can't kill him because the Knicks aren't even in that position if he's not excellent for the entirety of the game. So that stunk. So today we do the eulogy. We, we, we look back on what happened and it stinks because all year long, we raved about the heart, the determination, and the poise of this team. But as I mentioned, late in that game last night, no one wanted any part of the Rock, 
except for Jalen Brunson. They left him hanging, and it was demoralizing in such a, a, to me, a pathetic way for this team to go out. Just scared of the moment. And he's looking around, and he's got to be thinking, where y'all at? What are we doing? Someone just make one play. One play. All year long, raved about their depth. The Knicks yesterday, starters combined, five made field goals. For everyone not named Jalen Brunson, who had 14 made shots of his own. Five. And when the, 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 the moment was the biggest and the lights were the brightest, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle were virtual no-shows. And I would say there was an APB out for them, but I'm sure there were many Knicks fans late in that game who didn't even want to see them on the floor. That's how bad they were. Quickly was hurt. And yeah, you missed him, but then you remember he was awful in the playoffs. And I don't want to be too hard on RJ because folks know I've been very critical of him this year. I just, like the, the returns just weren't measuring up to what the expectation was. And after the first two games of the Cleveland series, he was really good in the playoffs. This felt like a breakout for him. But last night, man, one for 10, and then that key turnover late just can't happen. You saw Stephen A on NBA Countdown was annoyed. He called it pathetic. And then, of course, a guy who I've defended all year long, Julius Randle. I don't know what was worse. Was it the body language or was it the three of 14 with three turnovers? including one late in the game. I can't figure out which was worse. And I know people want to blame Tom Thibodeau, which I think some of it is fair because he did have some questionable rotations. I I thought sitting Randall and Brunson at the beginning of the second quarter was, was a horrifying decision. The Knicks just don't have enough playmakers, enough shot creators, enough guys who can generate offense. Your two leading scorers in a playoff game on the bench at the same time, and I get you had the lead, but this is this is a new age in the NBA where a 14-point lead that the Knicks had, they vanished quickly. No pun intended. You can't sit your best two scorers at the same time at any part of the game. And credit to... You know, J.J. Redick and Richard Jefferson for pointing that out on the broadcast. you got to find a way to stagger their minutes. Now, again, in retrospect, you say Randall wasn't good anyway. But just in that moment, it felt like the wrong decision. So that's what's, that's something that I will be critical of Tom Thibodeau for. Not the fact that, and I saw this going around on Twitter, he didn't call a timeout on that Brunson possession. No, that's not on Tibbs. Uh, you trust that Brunson, who, who's been awesome, is going to make the right play. He just didn't. So I'm not getting on tips for that. But what I do want to bring it home with in this opening segment, again, we're going until 6 o'clock, Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram, 800-919-3776. Want to hear from the Knicks fans. You were so close to a winner-take-all Game 7 at the Garden. And I've been there for, what, three games during the playoffs. It is absolutely electrifying in there to the point where there are times where the other team just looks intimidated. That's how fiery that crowd is and energized with every reason to because you've been starving for 
relevant basketball this late into the season. You were all so close to that. Down two with 20 seconds left in the game. Close to forcing a game seven in your building. Fans going nuts against a Miami team that would have been reeling after blowing a six-point lead with a minute left and a closeout home game six. So with that, my question is, this Knicks end to the season was blank. You fill it in. 800-919-3776. We'll get to your phone calls. We'll hear from Tom Thibodeau. We'll hear from Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and I lay it out there for you to just call up and vent about your frustrations. We will, of course, pivot to what's next for this team because this is a big offseason ahead for Leon Rose and company. So much to do. We're going until 6 o'clock. Ty Butler right here on 987 ESPN. To go out because it was right there for the taking. You had it. And it wasn't like Miami for 48 minutes was the better team. They they couldn't make shots. Butler, I, I thought, was less than stellar. Bam was was had a big first half and, you know, had that big dunk in the fourth quarter. Uh, but it, it just didn't feel like Miami played its best brand of basketball, which the Knicks deserve credit for because part of that was, you know, how intense they were on, on defense. And they put Miami in some precarious situations, forcing guys uh, to, 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 to play to – the Knicks game plan, but uh, to be that close to forcing a game seven and think about how rocking that building would have been on Monday night against a Heat team that was staring at blowing a 3-1 lead. It's just a missed opportunity, and now you wonder where you go from here. So I want to hear from the Knicks fans. Uh, last night, the Knicks ended their season, and that was blank. 800-919-3776. We will begin in East Windsor with Mitch. What up, Mitch? Hey, Ty. How's it going? It's going, it's going well, man. What's up? Talk to me. Yeah, we haven't been able to uh, play in Brunson, but he's not like a real uh, first superstar. I mean, he's a little short. He definitely needs some uh, plays. And then you have uh, Barrett. I wish you'd trade him because I'd rather see Hart and Brunson be your starting backcourt. I think, I guess, you got to keep Randall. You know, Mitch, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting and waiting. You know, for, it's not been a few, three years now, right? We're still waiting for Mitch Robinson to. Uh, just all he has to do is just rebound and get rebounds, you know, dunks. Very disappointing. I, I don't know if we should fire the coach because I'm also thinking about six has been disappointing. If he was such the MVP, Embiid should have, should have uh, brought that team and won in, in game six and put the Celtics away. I think Yoka, you saw how he carried their team to the finals. It's unbelievable. I, I, he's a pretty good coach, but like Doc Rivers and, and um, Coach Knicks, they, they, they just never get their teams to the final plateau. Yeah, so, I mean, it's so listen, listen I, I think, and I appreciate the call on, on the coach. I don't come away from this series thinking that the answer to the question of how do we get better is firing Tom Thibodeau. But I do think there is room to have dialogue about like, is this Chicago and Minnesota reincarnated? And what I mean by that is, like, Thibodeau got the Bulls to the Eastern Conference Finals in, in 2011, and then LeBron happened. And then after that, we know Derrick Rose had all the knee injuries, so that stunted their growth. And then in Minnesota, you remember they broke, they broke their playoff uh, drought. He got them to the—he got them there, and then they that, that was their ceiling. So is this— 
Thibodeau getting the much out of this team and this is where it stops? Like, in other words, like, is this the ceiling for him as a head coach with this team? Like, they're never going to go any further? Or is it that he just needs better players? You mentioned, you know, trading R.J. Barrett. That's fine, but I don't think the reason you trade him is because you want to get Josh Hart into the starting lineup. R.J. Barrett is still a better player than Josh Hart. I know he had a rough game last night. And again, I've been critical of R.J., but I, I am not prioritizing Josh Hart over R.J. Barrett. I, I just think that doesn't make sense. We saw Josh Hart. He's a great energy guy. He's a guy you would love on this roster, but it's going to come at a price. And I don't think this is just someone you open up a you know a blank checkbook for. You would love to have him back, but we've we've seen the limitations that he has. There was a reason with the season on the line. He's wide open at the three point line, and Jalen Brunson didn't pass it to him. Didn't pass it to him. As far as Brunson, you know, can he be the best player on a championship team? I look as good as he is. I think the answer to that question is no. I, I you you still need that superstar. Look at the. The conference finals we have. In the West, you've got Jokic and LeBron, two top seven players. Jokic is a two-time MVP. LeBron's the greatest player of all time. In the East, you have Jimmy Butler, who's been to a finals, who was a shot away from getting back there last year. And you are either going to have Jason Tatum, an MVP candidate, or Embiid, who just won the MVP. So you still need that head honcho, that 1A player that I don't think as good as Brunton is. I don't think he's that but it is certainly a question the Knicks are going to have to ask themselves. Can we win if our three best players are Brunson, Randall, and RJ? And I think the answer to that question is no. And then you try to figure out how do we get there then? If Brunson is our second best guy, how do we get that, that best player? So that every series we go into, we know we got a chance to win because we have Brunson and blank. Who's that guy? 800-919-3776. Let's go to Sparta to talk to Terrence. What's up? Hey, Ty. How you doing? Um, first time caller. This, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, I keep hearing people that are just not giving Jalen his, his credit, his due. I mean, this guy, I watched so many Nick players, you know, go back to Patrick Ewing, who was a warrior. Um, you know, uh, not even going to put this guy in, in Jalen Brunson's, um, you know, category, but, you know, John Starks, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Stephon Marbury, the last legitimate closer we had was Carmelo. And honestly, uh, I, I would put the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands before I put it in a Carmelo's, even, even Carmelo in his, uh, in his heyday, I would put the ball in Brunson's hand. Look at what he's done. I mean, this guy has outscored. He beat Cleveland pretty much on his own. He's outscored, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. Uh, he's been disrespected from the all-star team this year. I don't know how the hell they put Drew Holiday in front of him. Um, he, he's carried the Knicks the last two games. And honestly, I'm watching the game last night with my wife and my daughter, and even that last play, 14 seconds left, and you said it. You said it about, you know, five minutes ago. uh, Jalen was on Revis Island last night by himself. No one wanted the ball. Why didn't he throw it to Hart? Hart, he, he passed it to Hart. Hart just gave it up. So this guy is a legitimate one. 
I, I heard Anita say I don't he know wasn't about that, a, Terrence. I, I, see, I don't know if he's a legitimate one. That's the thing. I don't know that he's a, a legitimate one. What, what, what I will say is the kind of arc he's had that started in the playoffs last year when he was still with Dallas, you know, in that first-round series against Utah, that this type of arc, and now that we have a full season's worth of evidence and an entire, you know, two rounds' worth, that he's trending toward becoming someone who maybe one day can be that. But at this point, I, I can't say that going into a playoff series against Giannis or going into a playoff series against Tatum or one against Embiid, or heck, if you get that far against a Jokic or a LeBron, that I've got a guy good enough to, to go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with those guys. And, and how could you – I mean, okay, I, I see what you're saying, but you're comparing Jalen to a Giannis. But that's the bar. But see, but see, that's the bar. You know? And 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 on a, I'll let you finish. That's the bar. Like once we get to okay, we're happy with what we did this year. It's about moving this thing forward, and that's the standard you have to be. You look at championship teams and who's winning them. It's Giannis. It's LeBron. It's Steph. Like you have to be in that tier in order to ha- to be declared as someone who's the best player or a one A. That's what. That's the level you got to get to. So you're saying Jalen is a one A? No, I'm player, saying no. I'm saying I'm saying he's not a one A. I'm saying as good as he is, and as great as he was throughout this playoff run, he's not the best player on a championship team. You keep him, and you try to find that that superstar, which is the hardest part to do. But I think he can be a legitimate number two. Well, I don't see I don't see it happening, but I'd love to see the Knicks get. SGA from OK from OKC. I don't think they I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's anyway. happening either. Uh, anything? I, I cut you off, so I just want to let you continue your point. My bad. No, I just wanted to say that I think that you know he's he's. I mean, what constitutes a one to me is a clutch, is a closer, and and I think he's a closer. Um, does he compare to Giannis? Does he compare to LeBron? That's no. Those are big shoes to fill. But I think he's a he's a he's definitely the best player on the Knicks. Julius, get rid of him. I'm sorry. I love Julius, but he's led the Knicks down on two consecutive playoff runs now. And, you know, again, they, they left Jalen by himself last night. They did. And, thanks for the call. And, and, and thank you for making it. I appreciate this. And look, I want to make sure because sometimes you like eavesdrop on a conversation and you hear it. I want to make sure that I'm framing this the correct way. I am not going to criticize Jalen Brunson for last night. I think I feel so badly for him that the season ended the way that it did with his turnover, but the Knicks would not have been in that position without him. And so much so, look, here is what I tweeted the day that they they signed Brunson. They gave him that big contract. I, I said, what are the Knicks doing? What are the Knicks doing? I was critical of the Brunson contract. I just didn't think that that was warranted. But he proved me wrong. In so many ways, and actually, the most optimistic people who were like, yo, we finally got a point guard, didn't even see this coming, like to this extent. So Jalen Brunson, to me, in my eyes, that's a guy you're keeping. If we're making moves this offseason, we are prioritizing keeping this man because he is a great and excellent leader. He's got good chemistry with everyone on the roster. Coach raves about him. And in the biggest games of the season, 44 minutes, 45 minutes, 48 minutes. On a bad ankle. Gave them everything that he could. The Knicks were in that spot last night because of him. All he needed was for one person to to step up. 
Just one guy. Can one guy make one shot for me? One guy. And he couldn't do it. So I, I want to make sure that's clear. When we transition to how do we get better, then yes, I, I think he can be the second best player on a title team. I still think you need that that guy. And why I bring up Giannis and LeBron and Steph is because like NBA history shows us for the most part, championship teams are all time are led by all time great players, and certainly a top ten player in a league that season. So that's all I'm saying. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Phone lines are blowing up. We'll get to your calls when we get back right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Their season is over. I want to hear from the Knicks fans on what you think about how that how how the series ended last night. How you feeling? Let's go to New Jersey. We talked to Alvin. He wants to rant. The floor is yours, Alvin. Let me hear it. <laughs> hey, Ty. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, uh, yeah, man, I just want to call and vent about the Knicks season. I mean, uh, I think from how we started with an under 500 record to, then, then to winning eight straight after acquiring Josh Hart, I mean, we were at that before we we got Josh Hart. We were talking about Fire and Tid, mm-hmm. um, and then we got Hart. I think that's probably the first player in a long time where he where someone where someone actually wanted to come to New York. Um, I never seen someone so excited coming to New York. He came in, we won eight straight. I mean, so from how we started to how we finished, I think we had a great season. Um, I'm a real Knicks fan. I, I actually watched every single game. Is we we had a lot of irrelevant basketball for the last uh, several years. Um, we got a guy that has never started in the NBA to turn out to be an all-star snub with Jalen Brunson. I mean, I think I think uh, I disagree with you saying that we need a a really good superstar. I mean, I say that because in 2004 the Pistons beat Shaquille and Kobe with uh, so, yeah. So had. Alvin, that's I mean, the, I, I, that's this. So here's I the mean, thing. I'll let you finish. People right. use that right. They use that as their reasoning for. Or they use that as the retort for what I'm saying. They they do that all the time. But my answer to that would be, like, imagine having to go back 19 years to find your best piece of evidence that I'm wrong. Like, it, it just shows you how rare it is. <laughs> it, it, is it is rare. And I say that uh, I think uh, Spolcher definitely outcoached us. His exit knows we're way better. They were beating us at our own game with the offensive rebounding. Um, I don't think everyone should be hard on Julius Randle. I'll say that because... Look at uh, Donovan Mitchell. He didn't show up. Trey Young didn't show up. But we're going to discredit those guys for uh, now. Are they not superstars? I think Julius Randle is a. I know he kind of he kind of skated away from this situation in his first time. And uh, like I said, Jalen Brunson never. He has never been in the starting five in the NBA. He came off the bench mm-hmm. to becoming an All Star. I think he's an All Star, valid All Star. Jalen Brunson. I think he's coming to New York. Um, I think we had a great season for several reasons. I mean, before when was the last time we ever had a. A good season. I think it was, it's been a very long time since Carmelo. So I just want to say, uh, Nick fans, don't hold your head down. We, uh, we we went down kicking. I think next year these guys have experience like Grimes. Uh, quickly, I think quickly is going to have an amazing season next year. These are, this is a great experience for our guys. Um, I think we just need more team chemistry uh, and just tend to work on a, bit, a little bit better on the X and O's because. We definitely were out, Coach. Thanks, uh, thanks, Pat, for taking my call. No problem, man. Thanks for making it. And by the way, I, I don't think there's any shame, if that's the case, that he was out coached by Eric Spolstra. I don't think there's any shame in that. Spolstra is, you could argue, the best coach in all of basketball. I don't know that he necessarily got out coached. It's just hard to win games when you're not getting production from your bench that helped you all year. 
And when in again in the biggest game of the year, Randall and Brunson, or I'm sorry, Randall and RJ gave you four for twenty four on the road in Miami against a really good team that 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 is now outperforming its seating. Uh let's go to the Bronx, the boogie down. We talked to John. What up, John? Uh hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Talk to me. Uh I'll say I got a few points. I would say that, you know, um the next season was a success. Um, I don't think nobody really expected for anybody to get this far. Um, they beat Cleveland, which was a big challenge, um, but they faced uh, Jimmy Butler, and, you know, Jimmy Butler is a, a dog. You know, you can't teach heart. You can't teach that. And Jalen Brunson has the same dog in him, but he's only 6'2", so there's only it's only limited what a point guard could do at that height. You know, the, the last time that uh, point guard was this successful was Steve Nash and Curry, and those are, are like, generational talents. You know, I think you got to get rid of Julius Randle because um, he doesn't have that harder effort. And when one game ended and he said, you know, that they wanted it more, like you got you got to get rid of that because like it, that, that takes the whole team. Uh, that's that that's the chemistry of the team right there, you know. And I think um, the coach experience for Tom Thibodeau, you know, like he's facing a tough coach, like you were saying. Um, you know, Eric Spoelstra, this is his seventh conference uh, finals appearance, you know, and um, it's hard to beat that. You can't like you know. He 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 has the, the experience to get those people. Uh, he gets the there, most you know? out of his players. I appreciate the call. Spolstra ha- has he's only missed the playoffs three times, and it's not like he's always had stellar rosters. Obviously, the big three with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. But Spolstra, having been the coach since two thousand eight, so we go fifteen years, only missing the playoffs three times. This guy is a magician when it comes to. Getting the 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 most glory out of what he has, because th- remember Miami barely made the playoffs. They lost their first playing game to Atlanta. They were losing to Chicago and then turned it on in the, in the final couple minutes of that game and got in as the eighth seed. Made quick work of the Bucks, albeit Giannis played eleven minutes in the first three games of that series, and they were up three one on the Knicks with a good shot at, at ending it in five, if not for Mitchell Robinson's clutch free throws. And as I mentioned, the brilliance that was Jalen Brunson on, in, in 48 minutes. And Grimes was played the entire game, too. Spolstra is a hell of a coach, man. He, he is he is tremendous. Let's go to St. Pete. Talk to Spike. What's up, Spike? Well, first of all, uh, it was a bad loss. Remember Tom Hanks and Castaway? Mm-hmm. That's what Jalen Brunson must have felt like. Yeah, the all only alone. Yeah, it was sad. Uh, I don't know if if you're correct and, and you're assuming that he saw uh, Josh Hart. I, I don't know if he had the vision on that. But be it as it may, you, you may be right. It doesn't matter. Um, he made more field goals than the whole team combined. Showing up when you are a castaway, uh, the kid played the second and third best playoff games in Nick history, and I've seen almost all of them. You know, obviously Clyde has that the championship timber, but it, it's sad. I, I don't like the fact, and, and I'm not criticizing anybody, so don't mis- misconstrue what I'm saying. It's sports talk radio chatter to put people in boxes, or you need one, a one and a two and a three. You would be, uh, if you had three Draylon Brunsons, let's say, uh, you had a uh, a 3-and-D Jalen Brunson, meaning doesn't look the part, but he executes 
uh, the, the turnovers to assist is brilliant, as you know. And you had a big that could uh, six nine six ten guy that could uh, you know leak out and make a three. You don't really need one a one two two. You need this. It's a team game. Sorry. It's a team game. I understand history tells you that you need an AD and a LeBron, and good luck to you. I'm happy for you, LeBron. LeBron is still making uh, my my old age seem young again. That someone can execute it that. Oh, age. don't you worry, Spike. Yeah. We are going to get into the Lakers at some point in, in yeah. this show. We are going to talk about how they're back in the Western Conference Finals. That's going to be a topic that comes up later on yeah. in the show. Good. I'm looking forward to it. One last thing, and and the reason why. Guys like LeBron, there's very few, very few, one hand's worth, can do that is because they pace themselves. They mm-hmm. they go defensively for, for a four or five-minute span. Jalen Brunson was a castaway last night, and for argument's sake, the, the game before. Um, it's just, and I, listen, I'm casting no aspersions on Barrett and Randall. We know they're not effective defensive players. We know their shortcomings. Barrett has the stigma and the tag that he was a third pick to one guy that never gets on the court, or when he does, he's brilliant, and, and the other guy, uh, he has his own issues. So I just I don't think it's fair. I really don't, but um, he's 22 years old, and he's played a lot of games, and he can guard a guy like Kevin Love. You can't put him on a speedy guy. He's strong and, and slow. But Jalen Brunson... In my eyes, being the diehard Nick fan for 70-something years, put on a, a show the last two games that it's going to be hard. Whether you categorize him as a 1 or a 2 or a 1A or a 4B, he put on a show. He and did. you being there to see one of them has to be a treat. Oh, he did, Spike, and I appreciate the call. There were moments last night I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking to myself, is this like the one of the greatest Nick performances I've ever seen? The, the incredible shot making, his footwork is just tremendous. The fact that he's clearly physically compromised. And it brought me back to, and I'm not calling him LeBron, but you remember those Cleveland teams LeBron played on. Where it's like as soon as he went to the bench, it's like, all right, Cavs up eight into a timeout. We come out of the timeout, LeBron's on the bench. Cavs now down nine. Hey, how did that happen? That was Jalen Brunson last night. Uh, immediately, immediately, Miami goes on a NATO run. Immediately. Then he comes back into the game, and, and, and I think it was Richard Jefferson who says, isn't it, like, weird how that happens? He comes back into the game. The same players who were just out there are, are, are out there, minus one, of course. Obi Toppin hits a couple of threes. They start scoring. It's like, yeah, it's not weird. It's that he, when he's the engine. When he, when he is on the floor as the floor general, it's not even just about his scoring. He's got poise. Miami is pressuring him full court, and they're doing that because they know he's going to play a lot of minutes, so they want him to expend as much energy as possible, and he still found a way to almost single-handedly win that game for the Knicks. You wonder if they score on that possession. Does Miami, after being up six and the crowd is anticipating them going to the conference finals, if they blow that lead, do the Knicks win it? And if the Knicks win that game, that's what's so frustrating. All you needed was for RJ and, and Randall to go to just be a tad better than four for 24. Like, that was horrific. If they were just bad or, I mean, average would have won them the game by double digits. But to not just be horrific, that you, that's how close you were to being in a game seven with the conference 
finals appearance on the line. And what makes it worse, guys, we're watching this seven-game series between the Celtics and the Sixers, and you know what we're all thinking as we're watching it? Maybe the Knicks can beat them too. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls. Right here on 9870 ESPN.